So today, I want to talk to you about um, a word that maybe you've heard before. I'm sure you have. Um, most of you here grew up in church, I think, yeah. Well, most of you have been Christian for a while, or, or you grew up in church, and so you've heard the word uh, that I'm about to say in a few minutes. Um, but if you can turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis, um, we're going to go in chapter 22. And when you have it, please let me get an amen. Uh, it's just so much fresher down here than up on stage. feels so good here. Amen. Amen. Oh, so Genesis 22. <clears throat> verse number four this is like a famous story you guys have um, read this or heard it before but we're going to look at some things uh, i'm kind of starting to um to talk about something really special to my heart and and hopefully to yours something that i've been learning myself and it's it, well i'll get into it in a bit all right so let's read it verse four through 14 and it says then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look. The fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for, for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and, a, and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham <laughs> lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. So this message today, I've titled it Jaira. Amen. You guys see that? Right off the bat, um, Jaira means the Lord will provide. Amen. How many know that the Lord will provide? And the Lord has provided. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I want to get into in these couple few weeks, hopefully, and uh, tell everyone that missed to listen to the podcast because I want all of us to kind of be on one track. <clears throat> so what I've been thinking about has been <clears throat> our finances and our goods and what God has provided for us. So in order for us, to, in order for me to even talk about like offerings and tithings and giving, I think we have to start at step one. And this is step one right here. Step one is the Lord will provide. But what does that mean to us? It's not like, 
you know how we use it. Let, let's be honest. Uh, cliche. We use it kind of like a, the Lord will provide, you know. I won't look for a job today. The Lord will provide, right? <laughs> and sort of we use this like magical term, the Lord will provide, and we think that that's going to provide, you know. But I think for us, uh, we have to sort of take steps of faith as well. But knowing that the Lord has provided, and that's a big difference there, amen? So I want us to kind of get into this, like, mindset and start to, to change our mind about how we think the Lord will provide, how we think about Jehovah Jireh, how we think about the stuff that we own and we possess. Um, because as we think differently, then we will act differently. We will believe different. We will do the right thing or, or do the things that God has called us to do. Does that make sense to everyone? So here we have the story of Abraham and Isaac. And you guys have heard this story. And I'm sure you guys have read this story. And you know all the, uh, the symbolism in this story about Jesus and this and that that's in this story. But I want you to kind of understand a, a, a couple of things here is that, uh, first of all, Abraham had his son Isaac, I believe he was 100 years old, or at least she got pregnant, his wife, when Abraham was 100 years old. They had, well, he had had a child before, you know the story, Ishmael, but this was the promised son, the only son of the promise, okay? This is his only child. The other one has even left the camp because the Lord told Abraham, send her out. She's going to do her own thing. There, there will be another nation built there. But you, I've called you to be a promise and a nation. And so I've provided this son named Isaac so that out of Isaac comes a nation, comes a people that I have called to myself. Now, I want you to understand the big picture here is that God provides a son for Abraham because God has promised Abraham that he would build a nation. So God provided the son, the, the seed, the, the door to open up for a whole nation to be birthed. And then God says, this is the son that I have given you. This is the son that I promised you that I have provided. Now give him to me. Now, when, when you read this and when you think about this, it's, it's sort of intense because you think like, well... To be honest, God, you know, you gave me this son. You, you, you gave me this possession, this thing that I, that I feel like I own. But now you're asking for it back. You're asking for this, 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 this promise that you gave me. You're asking for it back. Like, like, how does that make sense in my head? It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in my head that God would say, here's the promise. Here's, here's what I provided so that a nation that I promised you can be birthed out of. Not only that, he says, this is Isaac, the son that I have promised, but I want him back. And so God positions Abraham into a place where he has to choose. He has to choose what, what Isaac means to Abraham. But, oh, man, Abraham's faith is so wonderful. He is the father of faith. Amen. So Abraham's faith is like, well, I know and trust. I mean, he's 100 years old. He's lived so much. And he never thought he would have a son or that or that Sarah would be pregnant, but now God has provided. So for him, he's like, I know God can provide. I know he can come through. He has not failed me yet. Amen. God doesn't fail. He may take a little long sometimes, Lord, like what's going on? Right? But he does not fail. So Abraham, he's here and he has to make this choice and he has to say, okay, uh, all right, well, I'm going to do it. Now, he, there's two things here. 
One, yes, he's going to do it. And two is the heart in which he's doing it with. Because, I mean, he could have been like, all right, let's go. And like, I'll get this over with. And, you know, with a sort of not a grateful heart. But Abraham didn't act like that. He didn't he didn't uh, he didn't react that way. He didn't say like, like, I'll just get this over with. He said, man, he he first of all, he wakes up in the morning. The Bible doesn't say that he told Sarah where they were going. He was just like, we'll leave in the morning. And they left. Sarah's like, where are you going? I don't know. He, she, he didn't tell her because if he did, he probably would have gotten in trouble. It wouldn't have happened. So Sarah was didn't know maybe. And Abraham said, I'm going to go and I'm going to take this and I'm going to do this. And he gets there and he tells the there's other young men with him helping him out. And we read in verse four where he says, he says, uh, he says, stay here. Verse five, stay here with a donkey, the lad and I. This, this phrase here, will go yonder or will go over there and worship. We'll go over there and worship and we will come back to you. So you see the position of Abraham is, is he's trusting God. Oh my God. He's trusting God with what belongs to him but comes from God. He's trusting God with what God has provided to him that belongs to Abraham. It's his son. But God gave it to him, so he's trusting God with what he, with what he has received from God. So he says, and not only that, he says, we're going to go worship. I don't know about you, but if it was me, I don't think I'd have that attitude. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I'd be like, oh, I'm, we're going to, I don't know what's going I don't know if I'm coming back, guys, to be honest with you. Don't wait up. Go back. I don't know. But, but Abraham, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a child. I don't have an actual child that has been born through my, I don't have that. So I don't know that, but I can imagine if, if God said, you know, go and do that, and I'd be like, uh, I don't know. But Abraham not only has decided to do it, he says, I'm going to go and worship, and we will come back to you. I don't know. I think in his mind and his heart, he wanted to say it out loud. He wanted to tell the people that were with him, like, stay here because I'm coming back. I don't know how. I don't know when, and I don't know how, how it's going to happen, but I'm coming back to you. He was declaring that by faith. And on top of that, he's saying, I'm going to go worship. I'm going to go worship. This was not an act of, uh, excuse me, let me get my water. This was not an act of, um, of sort of like, I'm just going to do what God told me to do. This was an act of worship for him. Does God provide? Amen. Now we have to start thinking about how, and we have to start thinking about um. What belongs to God if he provides? So that when someone talks about offerings, like we don't get scared. Or we don't get scared of like the word tithe. Like we don't get scared of those things. Because, or giving, you know, sowing, whatever. We don't get scared of those things because we can see in the life of Abraham, who, by the way, made up the word Jireh, Obviously, by the inspiration of God, because this is the first time that that word is used. 
he understands that God gave him the promise. And that promise, although he yearned it for 80 years, what actually was 75 years, he yearned for it. He, he asked for it. He, he wanted that child. Although God gave it to him, it belonged to God ultimately. So he says, we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood, right, verse 6, and he put it on, on Isaac's back. And they go up the mountain, and he has the, the fire to burn. He has the torch, and he has the knife, and there's the wood. And Isaac's like, Father, uh, I see that we have the wood, we have the fire, and you have the knife, but there's no lamb. So let's read it. It says, uh, verse 7, But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father... <laughs> And he said, here I am, son. Like, I don't know how far they were from each other. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, Mark, verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Amen. God will, I, I just love Abraham's language, because I think of my own language sometimes about how God provides, and I just think it's so funny that in the midst, think about Abraham's heart at this moment, guys. He wants to, he, he's about to, in his heart, sacrifice Isaac. He knows he has to do that, but in his heart and in his mouth, his language is different. He's saying, my son God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Th that, that God has this under his hand. Like there's nothing that is out of the, the, the spectrum, out of the, the control of God. There's nothing that, that God doesn't know about. God knows about this and God will do something here, son. Amen? So... Then they came to a place of which God had told him. Verse 9, and Abraham built the altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. He was really, he was really there. Let's talk about that. Abraham and Isaac told the other men that were with him, the young men, stay here. We're going to go and worship. Amen. So they get to there. He builds the altar. He has the knife. He puts his son on the altar, right? Or he's about to slay him. But I'm thinking, what is God doing in that moment? Amen. What is God? How is God looking at Abraham in that moment? I'm thinking God's like looking at Abraham and he's like, He's going to do it. He, look at my faithful son. And the angels around him, right, they're like, Lord, are, are you sure you're going to, like, let him go through with this? And God's like, hold on. Just wait. But he, they're setting up the wood. Yeah, just hold on. Just wait. But, but he, has, he has a son, and he's, he's, putting the, he's putting him on the altar. Are you sure we're going to go through with this? Right? The angels are asking him this. And God's like, no, just hold on. Just hold on. Because God is looking at the heart. 
He's not looking at the setup of the altar or, or the things that he's doing physically. God is looking at the heart and the angels are like, oh, my God, Lord, like he's tying him up. Are you sure you want to go through with this? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Look at what's happening here. Abraham wasn't like 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 he was just like nothing was wrong. This was difficult for him. This was tough for him. So he's setting it all up, but he's doing it in faith. Like, Lord, I trust you. I trust that you can do this because you will provide, God. You will provide. I trust. I'm obedient because you will provide. And he's there, and, and, and the angels are like, are you sure? He's like, just wait, just hold on. And just right when he lifts the knife to slay his son, he's, they're like, Lord, are you sure? He's going to end it right now. He's like, all right, tell him not to. Then the angel of the Lord's like, stop, Abraham. I mean, he's speaking to him with, with urgency. He's like, Abraham, Abraham. Like, hold on, wait a minute. And what's interesting is that we, we studied this Weeks ago, the angel of the Lord, capital A, capital A, angel of the Lord. This is this is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ again, appearing with Abraham. Jesus knows that this is a picture of, a, of what's about to happen 2000 you know, years ago from us. He knows this is a picture of what's about to happen. And he's seeing the heart of Abraham. But he, they, they stop him right there. Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. Do not lay your hand on your son. Do not touch him. Don't do anything to him. We have seen that you, oh, you fear God. In other words, you respect and honor God. You know who God is with you. One day I was reading this and I thought, wow, Lord, meditating in my heart, I thought, like, you wanted to see if there was anyone in humanity, anyone in the history of humanity that would be willing to give their own son, their only son. And thank God for Abraham. Thank God for Abraham. Then verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and I and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide. Let me show you something. Let's go to verse eight. You're there. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Amen. He said he would provide a lamb. All right, let's read verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. But I thought he said lamb. And he found a ram. I mean, everything else Abraham believed and said sort of happened. But there's one detail here that is just not adding up. Abraham said, did you catch, are you with me? Abraham said, God will provide a lamb. And God did provide, but he provided a ram. So sometimes, 
Sometimes we want God to provide what we want God to provide. But he'll provide what we need him to provide. We need him to provide. Now you can look at it that way and you can look at it this way also. You can say, man, this God, when Abraham said God will provide a lamb for his burnt offering, he could have been declaring that years from now, God will provide a lamb for his offering. And he did. He was, he was walking there with, with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, there goes the lamb of God that will take away the sins of this world. So Abraham could have been declaring that in the future time, God will provide a lamb. Amen. But for today, today God provided a ram. Abraham's like, hey, we asked for a lamb. We got a ram. It's okay. My sons look good. And then he called the, he calls the place Jaira. He calls it the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. It's more than, it's more than a phrase. It's more than a cliche. It's more than I wasted all my money, but the Lord will provide. It's more than that. What I want you to begin to understand is that what you hold in your possession, everything, look at me, everything that you hold in your possession belongs to God. This is what we can learn from Abraham here, that everything that he owned, everything that he owned, including the son that he loved so much that God had promised, belonged to God. So the question is, will the Lord provide? I would answer it, the Lord has. The Lord has provided for you. And everything that you have belongs to God. What time is it? Oh, I think our time. Belongs to God. Amen? Jehovah Jireh. He says, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. When we approach God in his mount, right, Mount Zion, when we approach God, let's approach God not with will you provide, but the Lord will provide. And that takes that kind of faith, the kind of faith that took a son to almost be sacrificed by his father. That says, man, what belongs to me really belongs to God. I don't own it can be taken will we not say the Lord will provide then if it's gone will we not say that let's go to uh, this is a, a, a principle what, what I want to teach on these next few weeks are principles they're, they're beginnings they're, uh, they're something that God established uh, uh, with men here on earth but it's in the beginning and there's a there's like a birth of, of something here. Here we, we saw that something was birthed uh, that the Lord will provide. But another thing that happened here is that what Abraham possessed belonged to God. So I want to just kind of match it with something here uh, in the word um, in Genesis chapter 4, if you can go with me. Again, something that you've read before, uh, know about. Let me know when you're there, please.
Genesis chapter 4. We're going to read verse 2 through 5. It says, talking about Eve, then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Amen. All right. So with this topic of the Lord will provide. We can see here, I just wanted to show you a picture that the Lord has provided for Cain and Abel. Cain, uh, he, he, he takes from, from what he has gathered in the ground. But one distinction that we can make, and I've talked about this before, but just to remind us, one distinction that we can make or one difference that Cain and Abel has is what Abel brought. And it says that the, uh, now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Uh, wait, where is it at? Yeah, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit. Oh, here it is. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. Now, we just talked about this amazing man of God, Abraham, who brought his first and only born. Abel, the only difference between Abel and Cain is that Abel brought his first also. This is where something that you've probably heard of before called first fruits come from. Whatever the first fruit of his flock was, he brought as an offering to God. Amen. Now, here it explains basically what God is doing and is that the Lord will provide. And because he's provided, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. So I'm going to give him my best. All right. So let's apply it to our life. And we'll end here with this couple of things. When we get, we work, most of us, right? Amen? When we get our check, when we get our, our goods, because we, do anim- we don't raise animals anymore, and we don't, you know, we don't do, gar- some of us do a little gardening on the side, but really we don't eat off of that. Amen? So we, we live in different times. So what you work for, you get on this paper. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we live now? You get on this paper that says an amount of money that you get, a number that you get. Amen. Or I don't even get the paper anymore. I just get it straight into the bank and I check the bank on Friday. There it is. Or I get a text message on Friday morning when I get paid. Bam. There it is. And now we're just living on a phone and numbers. And I guess we trust that. I don't know how that works, but yeah. So when we get that now, now that our, our, our thinking is changing and when we see it, we say, we should say, Wow, that belongs to God. Amen? <laughs> Maybe we're not there yet. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say that I am all the way there yet. Or we look at the check, because that's what Abel did. He saw the firstborn of his flock, the first fruits, and he said, wow, this, this is a product of what God has provided. This belongs to God. So when we get our finances, right, we say, this belongs to God. 
Now, the, the Pastor Mario is not saying bring your whole check to church. That's not, please stop. <laughs> okay? Uh, what Pastor Mario is trying to say is your heart and God. It's, this is between you and God, by the way. This is not between, you know, I heard a, a funny story that somebody from this church told me from their old church that the old church pastor would check their W-2s at the end of the year. Take the W-2, you made 30000 and you gave, you gave $100 in tithings and offerings. Does it match? That's not 10% at all. Therefore, you need to repent and say you're, you know, our fathers. I don't know what they did. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you and God, how when you receive your goods, your, 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 your finances, your, your everything that belongs to you, your clothing, your car. I mean, this has taken me like years to understand and work through. That even the little car that I drive, everything is like for the Lord. So that's, that's, the, that's the first principle that God shows us in Genesis. That, that when we, re, we see this and it's like, wow, oh, I have a gold. And we see, wow, this, this is yours, Lord. Now it's not hard and difficult for me to say, uh, I'm going to give to someone. I'm going to give to the local church that I support. I, it doesn't hurt me anymore because I know that this belongs to God. And when I walk into my job, although I may not like it all the way, I may be like, ah, oh, it's so early in the morning. I have to deal with all these things and stuff. But if you just take a second and say, have the heart of Abel and say, Ugh, this all belongs to you, God. Wow. Then we could start seeing real change in our lives. We can't just pray financial freedom, guys. There's some things that we got to also put to practice. And it's not works. It's from your heart. It's from your heart. Amen. Does that make sense to everyone? I want to give you a preview what God spoke to me. Do we trust God enough with our finances? Or do we trust our finances more? So I'm going to leave you with that. And let's just pray. Amen.